Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. The NTT20 betting show sponsored by Betfair. Myself, Ali Maxwell, George Ellick here as well. Hello. We're giving picks ahead of the EFL weekend. A full slate. Indeed, a throbbing docket. This show is for over-18s only. Please make sure that you are gamble-aware. That means understanding the risks that come with placing a bet this weekend or any time. Never betting more than you can afford to lose. Never chasing your losses. But there's plenty more that you can learn in terms of being super gamble-aware. And head to begambleaware.org for the best way of doing that. Hello, George. Hello, Ali. I like third weekend of the season. (laughs) <laughs> I do. I mean, I like every weekend of the season. Um, this was the first week where we had midweek games, and so it feels like a bit of a whirlwind, mm. especially for those of us went up to Derby on a Tuesday night. Yeah, tough slate, if you ask me. Last week, I'm going to be honest, it was a bit of a Port Vale on opening day for you, uh, in that they lost 7-0 to Barnsley, you had four individual picks, none of them won, uh, and then all three of your BTTS legs were BTTS no rather than yes. I just feel bad that anyone who's listening to this for the first time has just turned off, which is a shame. But stay with me if you can. Last last year I had 11 naps in a row. Last season you finished the season in profit after 40 odd weeks in a show where we put a pretty strict structure on ourselves. So I think you can hold your head high. And I think we're enough years in now to know that there will be weeks where that happens. Yes. Um, thankfully, I did a little better, although my Millwall nap was a, not a good thing. They lost late against Bristol City. But Jills did the business against Accrington at even money. Uh, and Sammy Smodic scored any time, 16 to 5. So I was plus 1.2 points up uh, with my four individual picks. Uh, of course, our BTTS Acker was only two out of six. So uh, still a lot of room for improvement there. Uh, a quick reminder of this season's structure before we get into our picks. Uh, we do a nap, our best bet of the weekend, a two-point pick, uh, then a next best. Uh, then it's into a goal scorer pick, a long shot, which has to be four to one or bigger. Uh, and we finish with the BTTS sixfold. So, George, what is your nap this weekend? My nap is uh, Stevenage draw no bet at Reading at even money. Um, Reading are seven to five favourites to win this. And I think for most Reading fans, for them to be marginal favourites at home to Stevenage uh, is punishment enough. But I think there's strong reason to think that Stevenage are value when you take the draw out of the equation here. Now, crucially, both of these sides have had a pretty good defensive record so far this season. Reading have lost two games and won one. All get three ga- three of their games have finished 1-0. And in none of them have they been like a proper defensive shambles. And for Ruben Sellers, that is at least something to build upon. We saw a lot of changes to the team made in the midweek win over Cheltenham. That win came thanks to an own goal and generally in the game at home to Cheltenham, who I think have probably started the season looking like the poorest side in the league. It was a fairly tight affair, a fairly nervy affair. Neither team really created a great deal. And I'm, I'm not really seeing much from Reading. I think if Sam Smith was fit, that would make a quite a big impact here. Andy Carroll wasn't the answer in the first couple of games of the season. Andy Carroll uh, was dropped from the squad in midweek. I doubt, therefore, he'll be starting here. If he was, there probably aren't many clubs who are more accustomed or you know ready to deal with a threat that Carroll offers in the air than Stevenage, who have started the season incredibly well. Um, they've picked up nine points from their first three games. When you look at the kind of underlying numbers, it's kind of bears out that they've been pretty good in all of them. When you look at the way that the fixtures have fallen, um, I would argue that has played quite a big part in terms of they haven't really been tested by one of the, the better teams in the league yet. Having said that, 
They went to Cambridge in midweek. Cambridge had also started the season with two wins and beat them on their own patch, which is pretty impressive. Um, they also went to Northampton and beat them. And Northampton's home record last season was really good. So it hasn't been easy. I mean, the 2-0 win over Shrewsbury was pretty easy. Shrewsbury barely, barely got near them. And that's what I really like about this selection. Um, I wouldn't be rushing to back Stevenage to win the game just generally at 8-5. But Stevenage have one of the best defences in the league. They're going to be a team who are generally a side who we can anticipate will be very robust at the back. Um, won't give anything away from set pieces. I love that so far this season they've only conceded uh, six shots from set pieces of, a, of an XG of 0.33 and that will, that will continue as the season goes on. I think Stevenage have the tools from set pieces themselves to be a massive problem here for um, basically anyone they play against. They've already had 20 shots from set pieces um, this season of an XG of 1.58. They've scored two of them. We know that Carpier Gianni is just an absolute master in terms of, of getting into those positions to do that. So you've got one team who are in a bit of trouble off the field. We've seen this this week as well that Reading have had a one-point um, deduction and a further three points suspended. Um, things have not been great there. With the owner as well, things aren't resolved as of yet. Unlike Stevenage, who are upwardly mobile, who in Steve Evans have has have a manager who spent the last three windows building a side totally for the way that he wants to play. And as we said in the on the Monday pod, generally when the Steve Evans side comes up against a team that they haven't played before, they win. Now Stevenage did beat Reading at the Medeski last season, but that was a different Reading, a different manager. I don't have too much of an impact here, and I. I see this as being the kind of game where Stevens will really fancy themselves to go to Reading and prove to everyone what they're all about. Um, so, yeah, even though on first look, as I say, um, Stevens being marginal dogs here up against a Reading side who should, you would think, have the measure of them. I think given I cannot see there, there being many goals here, if one is, if it's to go one way, it feels much more likely to me that it'll go Stevens away than Reading's. So that's draw no bet at even money. Lovely. Okay, George's. Nap, Stevenage, draw no bet at Reading. Mine is, I think you might hate this, I don't know, Plymouth Argyle to beat Southampton. Why would I hate that? In the championship. Uh, I'm taking... My nap last week lost 4-0, so <laughs> go for your life. You're not in a position to be judging, uh, certainly not pre-match. Uh, although I always prefer it when people tweet us querying our picks before the I game. I agree. Rather than after the game when the result's already in. That feels, um, that, it feels like a fair fight if you... If yes. you strongly disagree before the match rather than at 5pm on the Saturday. Yeah. We're, we're getting waylaid. Argyle Southampton is the early kickoff on Saturday. It's live on Sky, 12.30. I'm picking Argyle to beat Saints. And the odds are, th- are 3.5 with the match odds 90 market that Betfair are offering this season. I'm going to explain exactly what that is at the end of the pick. Uh, I'll start with Southampton because so far I haven't been that impressed with them. Uh, I, I don't think they've been shambolic or disgraceful as a whole, but I haven't been blown away by Russell Martin's Southampton. The opening night, they had complete control against Sheffield Wednesday, and our general stance when we spoke about that game the Monday afterwards was that wasn't the game we were going to judge really either side on because we were concerned that Wednesday were in such poor shape, looking so far behind where they needed to be, that Southampton may not have many easier games all season. A game that they won 2-1 with a relatively late goal and saw it out with some comfort. Um, then what can we look at after that? A Gillingham Cup game. We don't want to judge Cup games too much. I think the only thing that's really notable in their 3-1 defeat against League 
to Gillingham was that the fringe players all got a chance to play and they played terribly and Martin called them all out. And then lastly, a four-all draw against Norwich. Uh, a late equaliser for Saints with a penalty that I thought was seriously soft, uh, bought by Walker-Peters. They had two penalties in that game. One was a, a very random handball by a Norwich defender rather than Saints doing anything particularly impressive. Defensively looked shambolic both in terms of defending set pieces. Uh, Jonathan Rowe scoring a free header from a set piece. Is John as, Rowe. About as embarrassing <laughs> as it gets. Struggled to clear their lines. Uh, Manning's error for a Fasnacht's goal was disastrous. They're still giving it away, playing out the back at times. Then there's what's happened this week. I'd say their best player so far has been Will Smallbone in a very important role at the base of that midfield. Smallbone's injured and he's out for many weeks. Not ideal. James Ward-Prowse has been sold. The Romeo Lavia situation, albeit he hasn't been a part of the of the team yet, is still swirling around the club, as far as I understand. That hasn't gone through yet, and with national attention on it, you have to feel that could be somewhat distracting. Even Carl Walker-Peters now is being linked with Arsenal to maybe cover for Timber now that he's injured. Individually, I'm not seeing loads of quality performers thus far. Are they going to have lots of the ball and probably take quite a lot of shots? They had 31 against Norwich, yes, but... Are there going to be a lot of bodies between the ball and the goal when they take their shots? Probably. That's been a constant theme of Martin's teams. And I haven't yet seen with Southampton why it's looking particularly different to how it looked at Swansea. As for Argyle, the team that I'm picking to win, they've had a rampant home win against Huddersfield on opening weekend. Argyle have given up chances in both games so far, but... They're comfortable in that skin. That was the case in winning League One last year. They're comfortable in games that you'd call like a shootout where um, both teams have a bit of a go. They like that. They know how to handle that. At Watford, they drew 0-0, showed quite a lot of resilience, faced plenty of pressure, as you'd expect away at Vicarage Road, but they finished that game pretty strongly. And I trust them under Schumacher to find the right balance between sitting in and defending their box with a lot of passion and zeal but also pressing and taking advantage of, of this sort of early season Saints team who are still finding their feet. Their use of substitutions has been the best in the EFL in the last probably two years. They know what they're doing with their subs. I would say that Argyle have better options off the bench here and I'd trust them to finish stronger of the two. They might not have as big a names and their players might not have cost as much in terms of transfer fees, but I think they're... In terms of likely impact on this match, I see Argyle probably finishing stronger. On a wet Saturday lunchtime in front of a rowdy home park where they've won 21 of their last 24 home league games, I want to be with Argyle here. For me, the only bad news is it's the early game. And you know what they say about betting on the early game. What are you on about? So that's my nap. Uh, Argyle, 3.5 with the match odds 90 market. So that means with Betfair using the match odds 90 market, If Argyle are winning when the clock hits 90, 2-1, for example, I'm paid out as a winner, even if Southampton go on to equalise in injury time. I think we know if Saints are behind, they're going to have a lot of the ball and it's going to be quite nervy. They're going to take a lot of shots. We know now that there could be 10 minutes of injury time as well. So um, just for that insurance, I'm I'm keen to take the match odds 90 market here with Argyle winning at uh, 3.5. And even if Argyle score an injury time winner, to make it 2-1, let's say, and it was one all when the clock hit 90, that would obviously still be a winner as well. So use uh, markets with the 90 icon on the Betfair Sportsbook. You can build Ackers with match odds 90 as well. As always, make sure you understand the T's and C's before you get involved. Next best. My next best is... Um, ha, it's quite funny, this. We got rid of the lay this season. Yes. 
for the first time ever, I'm basically putting a layup as one of my net my naps or next best. Or I'm nice. I'm backing in the handicap market. This uh-huh. is the way to do it. I'm backing uh, Huddersfield plus one, which means that either if they either draw or they win, then the bet is a winner. And right. it's and it's six to five Huddersfield at Borough. Did you know uh, that if you look at Middlesbrough's last seven league games, including their two playoff games, they have not won any of those. Wow. They've lost five of those. They have scored uh, two goals in those games. Like this is quite a long pronounced run of bad form um, for Borough. You can actually take it back a bit further. If you if you include the 3-1 win over Hull and the 5-1 win over Norwich back in April, they'd actually drawn and lost to their two before that. So it's two wins in their last 12 games. Um, yeah, I mean, that is after that incredible run that saw them get into the picture I guess for the um, for the playoffs and weirdly it all started with a 4-2 defeat against Neil Warnock's Huddersfield back in the 1st of, uh, of April you know real April fool that was um, <laughs> and they've started the season really poorly they were beaten 1-0 on opening day against Millwall they have been to Coventry and lost 3-0 live on Sky on Saturday um, yeah I just I don't really know what's going wrong there I mean there are obvious issues like Akpom leaving and being injured previously is an issue uh, Cameron Archer not being there on loan anymore is an issue Ryan Giles not being there on loan anymore is an issue but at the same time the drop off dates back long before that and I, I do wonder if there's just an assumption here um, that Michael Carrick is very good um, and we saw obvious signs of that part, during parts of last season however arresting this slump is the first real test of his managerial mettle and at the moment I'm not seeing any signs that he knows necessarily what to do I think the 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 recruitment in the summer looks to me to have been incredibly complacent just this idea that we've got a good enough squad and we'll just add some some young quality when actually when you look at the team and you think of you know Coulson and and McNair currently playing right and left back um, no real striker of note Morgan Rogers having to play there currently there are loads of gaps, and I cannot understand for the life of me why they're four to seven. I, I like, I really can't. It just seems like a, an impossibly short price for a home team. It's a massive shame that we don't still do the lay because I'd be getting a much better price for my <laughs> um, for for my uh, for my pick. But in, in Huddersfield, you know, they certainly haven't started the season particularly well in terms of results. But they gave Leicester a, a real, oh, not a real scare, but a real game. Uh, and again, they ended up losing one nil. Um, but they were by no means. The, um, the much the poorer team against the, the favourites to win the league. Um, and against Plymouth on opening day, they went to Plymouth. It was a really end-to-end game. They created plenty. They came up 3-1 losers in a game that I think we're going to see Plymouth play a lot. Uh, I think Argyle are going to cause chaos in a lot of matches, especially at home. And they came away the better team in that one. Um, yeah, I think Neil Warnock will, will relish this. I think, um, as I've said before, I'm not entirely sure he'll relish many games as we get into the nitty-gritty parts of this season, but certainly an, an August trip to the Riverside where he was sacked uh, a couple of years ago, having initially kept them up and having done a similar job. Um, he's spoken in the press about how much he's looking forward to this. And I think he'll fancy them to go up there and, and you know, sh- teach uh, a younger manager in Carrick a bit of a lesson. So, um, yeah, I think Burrow are, are way too short and I'm backing, I want to, rather than backing Jorno Beck, so I do think Jaws are obviously a big runner, especially with, with um, uh, Burrow's issues going forward. I think nil nil and one all are, 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 you know, probably the two most likely scorelines in a way in my head. Um, well, yeah, maybe not quite. But but either way, I, I think that the six to five about Huddersfield plus one is the, is the way to play this. Ever since you said relish twice in five, Hungry? five seconds, I've been thinking about 
a lot of tasty relishes. Mm. Um, my next best is, same as it was last week, at Gillingham to win. Uh, and I'm picking them to beat Crawley. Uh, everyone's flavour of the month in League 2, Crawley, I think will lose at home to Gillingham. Crawley were nearly my one of my selections. I so thought they included, might be. But I, I, they just fell off the list. Ah, okay, well, let's see. Either way, it feels like me against you, and I'm, I'm always happy in those scenarios. Um, Jill's to beat Crawley, 2.45 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Now, look, I'm as pleasantly surprised with Crawley as the next person. They've been... So unbelievably different to what I expected, more so than any other team in the three EFL divisions. Um, They've looked pretty potent going forward. They've looked way more solid at the back than I expected. Um, But it's Jills that I really, really like. And there's not as big a gap in how I thought they'd be and what I think they actually are as with Crawley, but that's because we had Jills as a playoff team. And now I think in my head, they've started the season as, as one of the three best teams in League Two. Because... You might not see it in terms of um, underlying numbers at this stage. It's partly because they have just won their games pretty consistently and they've looked comfortable when they've gone 1-0 up and they've seen out games pretty uh, comfortably. Against Stockport, they had to defend their box for a long time. They did so brilliantly. Uh, They got a lot of blocks in, they kept their shape and then they scored a set-piece goal for three precious points in the the first game of the season. Then they beat Southampton 3-1 in the Cup beautiful out-of-possession performance, scored goals from set pieces, um, won the ball high up the pitch at times and caused Saints problems. Amazing night at uh, at Priestfield. Uh, then they beat Accrington 1-0. That was my next best last week. Nice early goal from Nadson, who looks like a brilliant addition, really physically impressive, mobile forward that's loving being uh, fed by Tom Nichols like he was for many years at Crawley. Um, they won 1-0. And they were the better side at 1-0. Aki only had two shots in the last half hour, which when chasing a game reflects very well on the on the team leading. And then they beat Sutton in midweek. Again, nice early goal. Again, Ashley Nadison with a Tom Nichols assist. And again, kept keeping their opposition at bay, even when they're meant to be chasing the game. Sutton had six shots in the whole game and only two in the last half hour when chasing. So the first goal here, I think, is quite important. And while I think that Crawley looked nice in possession, for me, what over powers that and overrides that is how strong Gillingham are without the ball under this Neil Harris uh, management and with the the sort of athleticism and the legs and the tenacity that they have um, you know in midfield in particular then there's the Nichols and Nadison narrative Nichols has set up Nadison for goals in the last two games they both played for Crawley for a long time the Crawley fans absolutely hated the fact that both players left the club and it'll be a really interesting dynamic to see them back at Crawley where the Crawley Town fans pretty angry with the ownership group having let those two players go seemingly without too much of a fuss Um, but at the same time we'll be wanting to keep the positive momentum from a really good start to the season and then crucially it's not sexy but it's set pieces Um, Jills are just a much more physically imposing team and I think that helps them a lot here Um, I saw them beat Crawley in the flesh last season and Crawley started nicely in that game but struggled to defend their box and Gillingham are a terrible team if you can't defend your box very well Maybe that's all sorted now and the early evidence is good for Crawley, but looking at the back line, I still fancy Jills to score uh, and I still fancy Jills to make it four wins out of four uh, at 2.45 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, how about a goal scorer, George? Uh, I'm going for another Derby defender to score, but it's not Craig Forsyth. 
Uh, it's Aaron Cashin, who is uh, 11 to 1. He's, Aaron Cashin's been linked with Brighton in the press this week, John Percy tweeting about it. Um, so I guess there's a chance that he might not play if there's anything in that, but then you just get your money back anyway. So I'm not too bothered about um, that being the case. Uh, or it could be a farewell <laughs> goal. Could be. Nice. Um, Derby host Fleetwood Town. Um, Fleetwood have started the season not very well. Um, I think you may have been more right than me about thinking that their off-field issues might uh, spill out onto the pitch a bit. And that looks to be the case at this stage. But Derby also haven't um, played well so far this season. Uh, I think if Derby don't win this, there are going to be some pretty loud calls for Paul Warren to be showing his marching orders. Um and I was there on Tuesday night and they were very poor. In possession, they were poor. In transition, they were poor. I didn't really understand what the plan was apart from give it to Joe Ward and let him whip balls in and then Joe Ward went off injured. And you have to wonder if that's their one plan. What happens from there on? Uh, Kane Wilson came on and did some nice dribbles. Um, but it was basically just... Well, it was initially Connor Harrahan's left foot that was the only source of creativity from corners mainly they had 15 of them uh, and from set pieces as well and then Curtis Nelson's long throw which wasn't used weirdly at all for the first hour then produced the only goal of the, well their only goal of the game uh, a flick on and then Martin Waghorn um, hammering it home at the back post they were poor and, and as I say they are um, I, I think they should win this because Fleetwood uh, you know do not look in a good state whatsoever Derby a very short price to win this at four to nine, but I struggle to see why Derby would suddenly create a lot of chances from open play, even in the three 0 defeat. So the three 0 win over Burton, they didn't create loads that day, and one of the goals came from that left foot of, of Harrahan's. Um, Aaron Cashin had five shots against Oxford. He in just three games so far this season, he has an expected goals total of zero point eight five uh, from seven shots. Like it, it is coming. Like the, the, this goal is coming at some point, and Harrahan's delivery is just of a completely different level um, to everybody else that you see. And I'm not just talking League One. Like his, that's, He was a Premier League footballer for a reason and, and he still maintains that. It's the pace of the delivery and the accuracy that makes it very, very difficult to deal with. And Cashin is clearly the, the target and the person most likely to profit from it. From it. So he's 11-1 to 1 to score um, any time, um, which I think is, is a cracking bet in this game um you know if he was 11 to 1 in a game where you weren't quite so confident that derby would win then i wouldn't be so sure uh he's also 200 to 1 uh, to score two or more and i think that could be also be a way to go because um as i say if it is a constant threat from set pieces from derby and yeah 0.75 points 11 to 1 0.25 points 200 to 1 two or more couldn't love it anymore. Uh, my pick is the same as last week. It sounds like I've been quite lazy picking Jules as my next best. I again. was thinking that. Picking Sammy Smodix as my goal scorer again. But I think Sammy Smodix will score anytime for Blackburn at home to Hull City. The price is 11 to 4 with the Betfair Sportsbook, 3.75 in the decimal. He scored for me last week at 16 to 5 at 4.2. So he's a bit shorter this week. Uh, Blackburn are back at home. Uh, they're 1.83 uh, to beat. Uh, Hull City, and uh, I, I can say a lot of what I said last week, um, but you'll have heard it already. Um, I'm really impressed with the way the Blackburn are attacking. Uh, yes, they were 2-0 behind against Rotherham, and yes, they were helped by an early red card from Fred Onyedimba, which helped them get back into the game. But there's something about the way that they are able to um, create a lot of transition attacks uh, with... Uh, defences backpedalling and with defend, uh, opposition players committed forward and the, the way that they've been able to attack with um, 
uh, Dolan and Smodix in particular with Leonard up top um, with either Hedges or Mark and Day off the right-hand side. It's really caught my eye and I think Smodix is a massive part of it as a sort of goal-scoring number 10. Uh, he's got a good record over his career as discussed last week. Last week, uh, as he missed a penalty after like 10 minutes and I thought that was going to be the end of me. He then scored two, nicely converted, clear shots at goal. So I don't know what would put me off going in again on Smodix this week. Um, I like Rover's attack. I've definitely got some questions about Hull's transition defending. I think they've got a few players that like going forward more than they like going backwards. Smolik is on fire to start the season. He's a, he's a goal scorer and hopefully he'll, he'll be my probably my first ever if he scores back-to-back goal scorer winner. I'm going to go straight into my uh, long shot because it's a goal scorer. I, I think finding goal scorer value is my favourite part of EFL punting research certainly in the week um, and clearly I like picking players like Smolix who I think are overpriced as attacking players but I also love finding centre-backs uh, who I think are a, a good bet to score from set pieces so we've already heard Aaron Cashin I'm going to add a Stevenage player onto this so this could be good for your nap but it's not Carl Piergiani even though he had a million shots in the last game and even though he is easily the most likely player to score from a set piece for Stevenage I'm going Finley Burns who's one of his centre-back partners, 55-1 to 1 first goal scorer each way with the Betfair Sports with third of the odds the each way terms. And it's basically because everything you said about Reading stands true in my eyes. The It was very impressive that they won in midweek with such a young team. Conversely, if Sellers goes with the same young team, A, I'd be worried about uh, fitness and stamina and, and those sort of aerobic questions for young players going back-to-back games in the EFL for many of them for the first time in their lives and also just generally the physicality of Stevenage which is part of the reason why you pick them as your nap draw no bet I just think they're going to target set pieces they know every which way of getting deliveries into the penalty box and asking questions of opposition defenses they've been doing it for the last 15-16 months under Steve Evans and I think they'll do it again clearly everything is aimed at Pierre Gianni He's already had the most shots in League One of any centre-back this season with eight. And the 13-2, to two, albeit it's about as short as you get for a centre-back, it's kind of understandable. I wouldn't even put people off backing that. He has scored eight in 45 starts for Stevenage, so one every 5.5 games. But I think there's a more fun option, uh, and that's part of what I'm looking for. I think the second option, Finley Burns, who's never scored a senior goal before. He's on loan from Man City. When he signed, Steve Evans said, I know Pep well. And when he gives you a debut and has you training with his first team every day, he recognises the huge potential you have. Pepper sent him to us to, on loan to further his football education. And that starts with a first senior goal with all the Reading defenders focused on Pierre Gianni. Deep ball in, burns around the back, nodding in on a post. Burns! At 55 to 1 first uh, or each way if we get him second, third, fourth, fifth. Uh, that would be quite exciting. That's Finley Burns. That's my uh, long shot. What's your long shot? Tramir to win to nil at home to, to um, Salford at four to one. Of all my kind of pre-season strong beliefs, Salford being very good is the one that's coming under the biggest barrage at the moment where, yes, they picked up four points this season, but I would say that they've not only been second best, but they've been comfortably second best in all of their games so far this season um, and we know that they are often and have been and last season certainly were um, a very good attacking side we're not really seeing that at all at the moment if you look at um, expected goals for um, from open play in uh, League 2 currently um, Salford have had just 10 shots from open play in three games 
amounting to 1.64 expected goals. And it's not much better from set pieces as well, 0.4 from nine. Um, so they've got their three goals from kind of two XG, but it's just the, the, the lack of getting into a goal-scoring opportunity that's a, a big concern for me. When you couple this against the fact that Tranmere have the best defensive record according to XG from open play in the league this season, according to Opta, 0.94. So no team, the next best is Mansfield, 1.38. So they've, you know, it's not far from 50% better than than anybody else uh, in the league. This feels to me like a Tranmere side who, uh, I know they had their two disappointing results first up, but we spoke about how that wasn't necessarily um, ringing true in the performances. They then beat Harrogate 3-0 convincingly in, in midweek. Um, off the back of that, playing against a side who are really struggling for attacking form, not only do I think Tranmere shouldn't be outsiders here, but I think with the Tanil being able to boost that to 4-1, to one, given that the from what we've seen so far from Salford, you struggle to really make a case as to why they're going to create a great deal. I mean, Salford will improve at some point, surely. Like, There's no reason why, given there hasn't been a massive churn of, of players, there's no reason why there should be such a big drop-off from last season to this. But right now, they are they are not at it whatsoever. Um, and I think Tranmere is still, you know, Tranmere were value in midweek against Harrogate. Um, and I think they're value to, to do it again here. So, uh, yeah, Tranmere to nil at 4-1 is my shortest long shot. And for those who are listening for the first time, I didn't hear last week, you know, the long shot is 4-1 to one or bigger. So that's those are the rules. Them's the rules. You could be 55-1 to one or you could be 4-1. to one. Yeah. Both within when, the rules. When you, when you were minus five, you just want to get that plus four in just to <laughs> reset. Uh, build your EFL Acker this weekend with a completely free Acker on offer on the Betfair Sportsbook every weekend in August. So a couple of weekends left to claim a free Acker. Uh, to do so, claim the free bet via the promotions page. You can build a multiple or a bet builder and the free bet will be there in the bet slip. The value of the free bet varies from £1 to £2 per customer. And please read the T's and C's for all of the details. We finish with our joint pick because while we like to be competitive, we also like to be colleagues, friends and teammates. Uh, and we are trying to beat the bookies when it comes to BTTS six folds throughout the season. So far, not so good, um, but many, many, many weeks to come. Let's see if we can go well this week. My three are Leicester against Coventry. BTTS, yes. Leicester heavy favourites. They're expected to score a lot of goals and batter Cardiff, but I think Cardiff will score here. BTTS, yes, at even money. Uh, we saw them score two against Leeds where they counted really well a team that were coming onto them. It's not a surprise when you look at the players that they have in attacking positions, namely Bowler, Grant, Ugbo, even Aaron Ramsey and the quality that he'll have to to start attacks. Uh, so Leicester, Cardiff, BTTS, yes. I'm also going Barnsley and Oxford. I just think right now, Barnsley games, you have to back BTTS because they are looking like one of the most gung-ho teams in terms of their approach. Their high line has been exploited by Bristol Rovers last weekend, uh, Peterborough this weekend uh, in midweek. And they're up against an Oxford team with two of the quickest attacking players in the league now. Marcus Brown off, off the right and Sparky Mark Harris through the middle wearing number nine. He scored two uh, in midweek. So I like Oxford and Barnsley both to score. Uh, and the last one for me is Accrington against Harrogate. I think both teams will circle this one for three points. I think both teams and their managers are teams inherently who want to attack, who don't want to sit back and have different ways of attacking. Um, both need the points as well. So Accrington, Harrogate, BTTS, yes. Those are my three. My three, I have got um, Bristol. 
my three. I've got uh, Swansea v Coventry is my first one, 17 to 20. Uh, this is a big game for Mike Duff. I think he needs to start showing Swansea fans what he's all about. Uh, we know that his Barnsley side last season were a cracking one for, for BTTS given their gung-ho approach. Um, saw them lose 3-2 uh, in uh, last weekend against West Brom and Coventry. You know, their only game on the road so far against Leicester was a real end-to-end game. The Coventry definitely, uh, you know, coming at it with a pretty attacking approach. Even against Borough, they won 3-0, but Borough had a, a few opportunities to score in the game. So, um, two managers in Duff and, and Robbins, who certainly, um, over recent history, have been good for BTTS backers. Blackburn Hull is my second one. Blackburn have impressed me so far this season. Um, and, uh, you know, we saw... Against Rotherham, though, that until the red cards, um, Rotherham were able to Rotherham, who aren't the best attacking side, were be able to create. You've mentioned reasons why he thinks Pansy Smodics to score, uh, and in Hull, a team who conceded twice against a Sheffield Wednesday side, who are not particularly good going forward, but managed to score four themselves. Um, yeah, I think that there is there are plenty of reasons to believe that these two sides will prioritise an attacking style um, and, and certainly have doubts over both of them defensively. Uh, and finally, Wrexham Swindon is probably the, the the nap of the BTTSs. Um, I pulled up some stats with uh, Wrexham where they they won four two in midweek against um, against Walsall and if you go back into last season, look at their last ten home league games they've now scored 30 goals in those 10 league games and so averaging three a game but they've only kept three clean sheets in that time so so btts has copped in seven of the last 10 um wrexham always very good for a goal but having said that i thought swindon swindon have looked very very um impressive so far in both their last two games uh, against forest green last time out and then even in the in the game that they drew two all against crew um, they were by far the better side at nil-nil and very, very shot happy as well. Uh, we saw MK go to Wrexham and win 5-3. So we've had a 5-3 and a 4-2 so far. Like I think you just stick Wrexham in the BTTS hackers wherever possible right now. So our six-fold, all BTTS, yes. Uh, in league order, Swansea and Coventry, Blackburn and Hull, Leicester and Cardiff. In league one, Barnsley and Oxford. And in league two, Wrexham, Swindon and Accrington, Harrogate. The six-fold is 32.47 with the Betfair Sportsbook. We don't need to recap the BTTS 6, George, but let's recap our individual selections. Mine are Nap, Plymouth to beat Southampton, 3.5 using Betfair's new match odds 90 market. My next best is Gillingham to beat Crawley at 2.45. Then Sammy Smodix to score at 11 to 4 for Blackburn against Hull. And young Finley Burns at 55 to 1 uh, each way to score for Stevenage against Reading in a game that's also your nap. Uh, yeah, my nap is Stevenage at draw no bet at even money uh, at Reading. Huddersfield plus one, so basically Huddersfield or draw um, at six to five uh, against Borough at Borough. Uh, Aaron Cashin, 0.75 staked on him to score any time at 11 to one. 200 to one, 0.25 points uh, on, yeah, two or more goals from Cashin. Cashin the attic. Lovely. Cashin the... Anything else? Might Derby cash in thanks to Brighton's... I mean, he could strong he, interest. He could be a Brighton player by the time he, this actually goes out, which would be interesting. Could be scoring for Brighton on. Yeah, does that count? <laughs> no, he'll be on loan for eighteen months. Um, <laughs> Tranmere to win to nil at four to one at home to Salford. Thank you very much for listening Thank to you. the NTT Twenty Betting Show. The sound of the start of your weekend, and if this pod has anything to go by, the weekend is going to be messy. 
but hopefully entertaining. Uh, thanks to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. Remember that you can watch the betting show now on the Betfair YouTube channel. Bit of fun. See how we've decorated the office. Otherwise, we will talk to you again on Monday, breaking down the weekend on the Not The Top 20 podcast Monday pod. We'll be live from, from a Scottish hotel room. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great weekend. Go well.